0: Today is July 1st, 2021, In our first story, a city council VP in Minneapolis says that she was held hostage by BLM extremists who were demanding that they would not release her until their riot charges were dropped. It seems that violence is working for these extremists because the city council VP actually signed the document, not like it's legally binding. In our next story, New York City is facing massive power outages due to extreme pressure on their electrical grid. While climate change advocates are hypocrites demanding they be allowed their air conditioning while the city is struggling. And in our last story, photos emerge showing Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's business associates proving he lied. If you like this podcast, please give us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. According to a Minneapolis City Council VP, Black Lives Matter extremists surrounded her vehicle and held her hostage, demanding that she get rioting charges on them dropped or they would not let her go. She says much like the black businesses and residents in George Floyd Square, she too was held hostage. A couple of weeks ago, these extremists got into a clash with police, and the police have failed in Minnesota to clear the no-go zone that is referred to as George Floyd Square. There have been very horrifying stories about gunshots, gun battles, people being killed, a medic being shot and killed, a video of news reporters ducking and hitting the ground as gunshots ring out. Things ain't going so well in Minneapolis. We are now at the point, well, actually, I should say we've been at this point, where the extremists are willing to take hostages to a certain degree to get what they want. We saw this happen at Evergreen College about four years ago, where the administrators were held in their offices and not allowed to leave or go to the bathroom. They had to submit to a struggle session. But now these people are out of college and they're in the real world. Now they are actually taking people. They're unlawfully restraining people. We'll put it that way. We'll try and be as less, less hyperbolic. Because they want what they call justice. And that justice is they do not get penalized for the crimes they commit. Something interesting happened, which has uh, invoked some very serious, serious philosophical conundrums for us and this country. Derek Chauvin was convicted in the death of George Floyd, and he was sentenced to 22 and a half years. Of course, many on the right are saying that he's a political prisoner. We saw people rioting during the trial. The jurors were escorted in with armed men, men armed with actual machine guns. And one of the jurors actually said that they were scared that their their home would be destroyed. They would be threatened. And perhaps that's exactly why Chauvin was convicted. Now, is Chauvin innocent? Well, look, we all saw the video and there's an argument to be made. But many people thought at the very least he was not guilty. Courts don't determine whether or not you're innocent, just guilty of a crime. Now, we saw something else recently. Bill Cosby was just released after serving just about two years in prison for assaulting like 60 women or some really large number. And it's not because he was not guilty or innocent. It's because of a prosecutorial error. They weren't supposed to prosecute him. Or I should say misconduct. And now many people are shocked watching a man they believe to be guilty going free. But they say Derek Chauvin, now that's justice. Now the conundrum we see here with this hostage situation, whatever you want to call it, is that we have two large factions, two umbrella factions in this culture war. Perhaps you can call it libertarian versus authoritarian or whatever, left versus right. On one side, I'll say this. It is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. That means when I saw the riots unfolding in Minnesota, when I saw the judge say outright that there was no venue by which Chauvin would have a fair trial. I said, then release him immediately. Charges dropped. If you cannot have a fair trial, we do not take away someone's rights or freedoms. But they did the opposite. And what you see from this is that people don't understand why Bill Cosby got to go free. They said it was a, it was a technicality. Oh, that's right. Because we're the good guys. And we can recognize Bill Cosby's a bad person. But we still recognize why the system must protect the innocent. Derek Chauvin should not be in prison. Sorry, you can claim he did all these things wrong. But when they were rioting, terrifying people, holding this people of the city hostage, taking over this intersection and the blocks surrounding it, and now surrounding this city VP saying, give us what we want or else. They are telling you in no uncertain terms, it is better that all of these innocent people suffer So that one guilty person does not escape. I reject that. That is the mentality of evil and historically the bad guys. If you want to suppress and oppress and victimize innocent people, making them suffer so that you can guarantee one guilty man go to prison. Nah, you're the bad guy. And that's why what I say is as soon as the riots broke out and the judge said they couldn't guarantee a fair trial. Chauvin must be released. The guilty, assuming he was, should go because we do not play with the innocent and we do not allow extremists to make them suffer. But of course, these extremists say nobody's innocent, right? Let's read this story and I'll tell you where we're at and we'll we'll dive more into this philosophical conundrum. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member and you will get access to the exclusive members only area which is about to have more than just segments from the Tim Cast IRL podcast. For all of you who are members, you're incredible. You're helping us hire new journalists, a newsroom production crew. And we just brought on the team to start producing the new Mysteries podcast. We have a name for it. We're going to be building it out. And soon you will find exclusive podcast episodes So when you're a member, we're doubling the value. I'm going to keep producing. I don't want your your membership is not going to just make my house big or anything stupid like that. I don't care about that. We're going to hire journalists. We're going to make more culture and content. We're going to inspire people. We're going to change the world. And that's what you are buying at TimCast.com. Already, we have a ton of articles being written by our news team, which is growing. We're bringing on new editors and we're about to launch a new show. I'm so excited for this new show talking about the unexplained cults, paranormal, true crime murders, mysteries. It's just about the things we can't answer and it'll be creepy, good fun, a lot of conspiracies in there. But this is what we're building and it's all thanks to you as members. If you're not a member, please become a member now. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel and share the video if you really like it. We've got so much awesome stuff on the way. I I can't believe what I'm dealing with over here in this in this building. We got so many new people coming in. It's truly a dream come true, and it's only th- it's, it's possible thanks to all of you who are members and all of you who watch this content. Now let's get serious. Fox News. Minneapolis protesters hold city council VP hostage by blocking vehicle and demanding riot charges be dropped. You see what they're saying? They committed crimes. They harassed people. They made the innocent suffer, and they don't want to be held accountable for it. We cannot be a society that allows the innocent to suffer and the guilty to escape at the same time. Fox News reports, the vice president of the Minneapolis City Council says she was held hostage while attending a pride celebration over the weekend. As video shows, a large group of protesters blocked her vehicle until she agreed to sign a list of their demands that included dropping criminal charges against rioters. Andrea Jenkins, who represents Minneapolis's eighth ward and identifies as the first black openly transgender woman to be elected to office in the U.S., said in a statement Tuesday, and it is also time to stop the holding of black owned businesses, the neighbors and residents of the neighborhood near George Floyd Square hostage more than a year after Floyd's death on May 25th, 2020. The incident happened Sunday afternoon while Jenkins was attending the Taking Back Pride event in Loring Park. As video shows her sitting in the front passenger seat of a white vehicle being blocked by a group of extreme Black Lives Matter demonstrators or extremists, many with their cell phones at recording. It might be three days before I get out of here. Jenkins is heard telling someone over the phone while sitting in a vehicle, according to a 23 minute long video shared to Facebook by activist Donald Hooker Jr. Hooker shows the camera it, camera a list of the people's demands that Jenkins must agree to before she's free to leave. The handwritten note calls for the formation of a community police accountability commission to reopen all the cases of murderers, murderers, to drop the charges for all 646 protesters and other protesters for 2020 and to make all information on the murder of Winston Smith available. It also demands the resignation of Mayor Jacob Frey and to leave George Floyd Square alone, period. This is a no-go zone, an area where the police have trouble entering or just outright can't, where lawless groups just exert power to take control. And it is happening in more than just this one place. The culture war is, is, has gone from content and comics to movies to a cold civil war. People's, people having their bank accounts shut down, losing their jobs in their homes. And it is dangerously close to being hot. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look. When it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is... 877 646 5347. That means kinetic warfare. Perhaps you can call it a hot civil war already because they're surrounding people in cars and threatening them. And we know what these people are capable of. They've killed before. Are there roving bands of right wingers going around doing the same thing? No, there aren't. This is exclusively of the left. Now, you do have right wing extremists, but they're lone wolves or small fringe lunatic groups that don't agree with other fringe groups. This is the far left. This is a national organization. These people have adherence in federal government. So, yes, they tear down statues, then scream and cry when their statues are vandalized. They want power and they will make the innocent suffer to get it. The protesters shouted each demand and asked if they had Jenkins support. She agreed yes to the first few before shaking her head when protesters called for Frey's resignation. The crowd shouted again until Jenkins finally agreed and she asked, do you understand English? I already said it. Responding to the final demand to stay out of George Floyd Square, Jenkins retorted, so you're asking me not to do my job. As the group shouted over her, she continued, I was elected to represent that neighborhood. So what you're asking me to do is not do my job. Know what they're telling you is your constituents be damned. You will do as you're told or else. It doesn't matter to them what the people of the city want. What matters to them is their power and they get what they want. They would set fire to buildings and riot and taint a trial to see what they view as the guilty being punished they would make the innocent suffer. Otto von Bismarck, this is apparently he famously said, it is better that 10 innocent men suffer than one guilty man escape. But how do you sustain a system when the innocent are fearful that no matter what they do, they could be locked away or punished or killed, beaten? Eventually, these people break down and say, enough. I can't handle it. For the system to survive, we must preserve the right uh, to be innocent until proven guilty. More importantly, that the innocent do not suffer so that one guilty person not escape. Bill Cosby, he gets he gets let go. Why? Because we want to make sure that all of the rules are being followed. While we may believe that Bill Cosby did something wrong, imagine a system that said, eh, we think he's wrong anyway. Rules be damned, lock him up what happens to the innocent? We can't do it. A woman in the driver's seat leaned over to say, this is not a negotiation. We are not asking no more white lady. We are demanding a female voice in the crowd shouted to the driver as seen in a shorter snippet of the incident shared by Andy. No, do your job and drive. Jenkins eventually signed the list of demands and protesters shouted for her to print her name and date it as if a signature under duress is legally binding you morons. Black pain, black trauma, black anger is real and justified. What is not justified is the inhumane treatment of other humans because they hold elective office, Jenkins said in a statement posted to her Facebook page Tuesday. On Sunday afternoon, while attending a pride event in Loring Park, something I've done on the last weekend in June for the last 20 plus years, I was verbally attacked, berated, and held hostage against my will by a large group of angry protesters. Jenkins said she is a public servant representing some 31,000 people who live in the 8th Ward in South Minneapolis which she describes as a beautiful community that, has, that was forever changed by the inhumane murder of George Floyd. Let me just stop you right there. You see what happens when you entertain this? You give an inch, they take 20 miles. While you may come out and say, look, I understand your pain is justified. They say, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, but you're not justified to shut your mouth. We're doing what we want. That's what you get. Quote, I can't tell people how to express their anger, their fears, or their pain, but I do know that when your pain impacts others, And that becomes problematic, Jenkins said. I've always believed in open dialogue where people can talk and be respectful of their differences. While she continues to be willing to sit down with activists, advocates, and protesters to understand their policy change demands and recommendations, Jenkins described how she refused, however, to be bullied and held hostage to somehow accomplish that. Every citizen of the city has a right to bring forward their concerns, but no citizen has the right to detain and coerce anyone to do anything. That includes elected officials, she, she added. As for calling for the mayor's resignation, Jenkins said it will be Minneapolis voters who will determine if Frey stays in office come November, not her or any other council member. I believe that if you still live in this city, after watching everything that happened, I'm sorry, there's only so much I can say to warn you. Now, it may be the fire gets put out. The analogy I use is your home is burning. The kitchen starts on fire and you say, I'm going to wait. Okay, maybe the fire department shows up in time, puts the fire out. They walk inside and they say, are you nuts? There was a fire. Well, you're lucky the fire's out. Now you'll be safe. But are you really going to gamble? If you're in your house and the fire alarm goes off, you leave the house. I've worked for companies I was working, when I was working for Fusion. The fire alarm in the building in New York goes off and I get up, grab my stuff and I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Nobody else goes. They're like, eh. I'm like, that's amazing. That's the mentality these people have. They could sit inside Minneapolis as residents and say, it's too hard to move. I know the kitchen's on fire, but maybe it won't reach me. Okay, you're right. Maybe it won't. If it does, don't say we didn't tell you so. From CBS, Minnesota, protesters face off with police for control of Minneapolis intersection from just about two weeks ago. This is, I, it's, it's, it's ongoing. And I'll tell you this right now. We can see where we are headed. Let's go back in time. Campus reform, June 1st, 2017, just about four years ago. Evergreen protesters hold admins hostage over demands. At this time, the kids were in school. The kids, I mean, these are adults. And they were holding administrators hostage, not letting them go to the bathroom or leave their offices. Now they're out of school, and we see where this goes. But let's, let's, let's review some context. Video from inside Evergreen State College continues to leak showing that protesters had at one point held administrators hostage until they agreed to comply with their demands. Sound familiar? The incident took place during the second day of demonstrations, demanding the resignation of Professor Brett Weinstein, Weinstein, who angered many students when he challenged the school's decision to ask white people to leave campus for a day of diversity programming in an all-staff email. Having already accosted Weinstein. With such vitriol that campus police suggested he leave campus because officers could not guarantee his safety, the students set their sights on the administration, confining school officials in an office until they capitulated to an ultimatum demanding various diversity related initiatives. I'll tell you what I'd do. If I was in my office and they were refusing to let me leave, I'd go out the window. If I had to break it, I'd break it. Or I'd bash the door down with a chair. And I would say, you use physical force against me, and I will respond in self-defense. What do we see, however? When this person in Minnesota is surrounded, she just signs the document. Well, not like the document's legally binding, and perhaps that's better than running anybody over. But now do you understand why so many states are passing these anti-riot laws where they say you are allowed to flee from these people in your car, and you will not be held responsible if these people get hit? Because what do you do? Like we saw in Provo, Utah, when someone runs up to your car and shoots you, you're going to get in trouble because they attacked you. I'm sorry. If I have a powerful weapon of some sort and someone runs up to me without a powerful weapon of some sort and attacks me, I've a right to defend myself. In this instance, these people may not be in vehicles, but you can still take someone's life. Punching through the window or otherwise, people have a right to defend themselves and escape when they feel they're in danger. What about this? This isn't the first. uh, This story from Minneapolis. It won't be the last. And I'll tell you what comes next. Vendors recall getting attacked by Washington Square Park mob. You see the story from this past weekend? A wild mob attacked at least three food vendors, ripping down one victim's American flag hanging on his cart and hurling a soda can at another. Two of the victims told the Post. The mayhem erupted Sunday night as the rowdy revelers fresh off the pride parade demanded Abdo Mansour replace his American flag with a pride flag. They said, take that effing flag down. Why don't you put up my flag? And they broke my American flag. I called the cops. They didn't want to come. The cops stayed right there. And AOC comes out and says it's hysteria. These people are psychotic. Now, the story's messed up, right? He said, how many minutes the cops were waiting to see what happened? It was like 15 minutes. A lot of people came. They broke stuff. They stole money. They stole money? Pride? What does that have to do with, with pride and standing up for your rights? Yeah, I didn't think so. No, they stole this poor man's money because he had an American flag on his cart. It's not all bad news. All right, there's, 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 there's a lot I want to show you. The capitulation. But these news stories should be good news to you. Now, perhaps a bit pessimistic, just because we're constantly talking about these negative things. But talking about them is actually a good thing that should make you feel better. Yeah, you know, people say to me, they're like, "Dude, I watch your videos sometimes," and I'm just like, oh, "Can I watch something about like foofy puppies and marshmallows?" And I'm like, I don't think you should feel bad seeing this stuff. I think you should feel resolve. The fact that these stories are coming out. The fact that even a black trans woman is speaking up, saying enough, leave this intersection shows the extremists are burning their candle at both ends. Or as they say, a candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long. That means these people are going nuts. And as they push and push and push, they may get some victories like this one. They may. But in the long run, I think more and more people are waking up to what's going on and they're getting angry by it. The teachers in Loudoun County I'm sorry, the, the, well, OK, well, the teachers in Loudoun County who have crossed the line, who are doxing people, the parents in Loudoun County who are stepping up and saying no, the parents at all of these school board meetings, hundreds across the country saying enough, the more we hear about this, the more it means we will win. That's what Steve Bannon was saying. He said, once these parents find out what they're teaching their kids on August 15th, you are going to see ripples. It's a good point. Michael Malice brings up, look how dumb these people are. How could anyone be pessimistic? It's hilarious. And he's right. He's absolutely right. They're both right. We can be upset when we see these things happen, but we need to remember that watching them happens, talking about them happening means we're actually winning. How did it get this bad? Well, people were scared of the woke mob, but more and more people are standing up and saying, nah, I ain't playing more and more people. To me that's inspiring. You need only look at regular old mom and dad. There's that viral video of the black man, he's a doctor, and he's like, "Why are you telling my kids they can't succeed?" He's like, "I'm in charge of like this this hospital or I forget what job he has. But he's like, "I am a supervisor to a ton of people. Like I'm in control. I'm the boss. And you have the nerve to tell my kids that they can they're oppressed?" That's right. Who wants to hear their kid come to them and be like, I'm a loser. And I'll never account to anything. I'll, I'll, I'll never amount to anything, man. I always tell little kids and they're like, I just can't do it. I'm like, bro, you can do it. You got to believe in yourself. You got to apply yourself. Look at this story. UNC Chapel Hill votes to grant 1619 Project founder Nicole Hannah-Jones tenure as ugly brawl erupts outside closed door trustee meeting a week after she refused to teach at the school and claimed powerful donor blocked her from lifetime role. They caved to the violence. That's right. But I wonder about this. This is bad news for those that believe in freedom and believe in protecting the innocent. But I I wonder about this. Imagine you don't want to be involved, so you don't speak up. I'm sure many of you are scared. I don't blame you. It's scary. You speak up, you get fired. All right. Here's what I've been trying to warn everybody about. Keeping your head down will not save you. You will be at work one day. And you will say, I don't want to be involved, you know, and they'll say, silence is violence unless you join us. And then you make a choice because either you're in with them and you adopt the authoritarianism or support it, or you say no. Okay. Some people will just say, please, please, I'm a coward and I'll do anything you say to just leave me alone so I can go back home. Some people do that. That's right. And then what happens? They come for you anyway. It is unsafe to be a part of a collective that would excise its own for more power. And we saw this. All of these woke critical race theorists who had been ragging on Asians for years. Why? Well, because they said Asian is white adjacent or was considered white now. So they were fair game. But then someone decided that we must stop Asian hate. And these comments from the past resurfaced. And the woke immediately turned in on their own and said, how dare you have said these things? You never know what the rules are going to change to. Your best bet is to stand defiant and say, leave me alone. I don't care and I won't be involved. Sorry, that's on you. And what's your worst case scenario? You may lose your job. You may be facing dire straits, but you've done the right thing to help make the future better for everybody, especially your children, your family it's not going to be easy. It wasn't easy for the founding fathers. Yes, I understand initially the founding fathers used pseudonyms, but eventually they said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And what you need to understand about the founding fathers is that they were fighting an uphill battle. And this is the serious warning. They were fighting a very serious uphill battle because most people didn't know, didn't care. And they were advocating for independence. They used pseudonyms to publish documents. People could read them. And they didn't know exactly who wrote them because it was a fake name. Eventually, these uh, pseudonyms um, weren't needed anymore. Why? Many people started to agree with these Founding Fathers documents. And they said, I agree with independence. I am here for these meetings. I will stand tall and favor and vote for independence. And once they had enough support, they said, here be my real name. And they all signed that document, the Declaration of Independence, And for that, they suffered. Today, what you need to understand is we're not fighting that uphill battle necessarily. Sure, the woke control cultural institutions, so they do have high ground in some areas. But most people reject what they do. Most people can't stand that they're violent and they're using violence to get their way. And the more we see it, the more angry they get. But if you do nothing, then the only thing needed for this evil to succeed is just that. That good people do nothing. Most people, when you look at the polls, are not woke. If they all stood up right now, if every Trump supporter, every conservative, every anti woke liberal type said in their companies, I'm not doing this, this is racist, and I refuse to be involved, and put out an email or told their coworkers, if they all did it at the same time, we win. It's over. And then we move on to other political arguments. But people are scared. It's true. There, there are powerful assets on the side of these extremists, notably that they're willing to use violence against those that they oppose. And the police are unwilling to come to the defense of, of many of these people. So maybe you need to, take, you need to take, uh, recognize what happens if you do nothing. We are fortunate enough to have networks like this. I'm fortunate enough to have supporters like you who help me out with making timcast.com possible. From that, our communication allows us to resist the culture revolution. Imagine if those who were not organized had this ability to communicate during Mao uh, during you know, the Chinese Communist revolution, the Great Leap Forward, etc. You see, the Communists were organized, powerful, and regular people lacked the ability to communicate. Once the Communists took over cultural institutions and mass media, regular people who opposed it could not organize, so they kept their head down. You see photos of thousands of communists, and you say, "That must be the power. I better submit to it. Today we can see something different. Although these cultural extremists, these Black Lives Matter rioters are getting violent attacking people, videos like this, channels like this allow us to communicate and allow us to have some organizational response. We can say no right now to all of it. And then what will they do? They're a fringe minority. The more we stand up, the more we speak out, the better. But I got to say, I do love... I do love that uh, uh, it's a fairly one-sided battle. Take a look at this story from WTOP. House Democrats demand McCarthy take immediate action to address Green's behavior. I understand why it's not so easy. Nearly 40 House Democrats are demanding Kevin McCarthy take what they call immediate action to address the behavior of Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, whose actions they say in a Thursday letter obtained by CNN could lead to violence against members of Congress. They already did take action against Marjorie Taylor Greene. Did the Democrats take action against Ilhan Omar? Of course they didn't. The Republican Party is spineless, pathetic, and weak. And that's why, you know, Trump is coming out and saying he's basically going to war. I'll just put it that way, with the establishment Republicans, because they really screwed him over. Trump is the most popular uh, politician. He's not really a politician, but he, he is. He ran for office. He became president. So he is. And I believe he is the most popular in the country. He may also be the most hated in the country, but I will add with his stepping out of the limelight, most of the anger is displaced. His support's still there. Not a lot of people are also supporting Ron DeSantis, two very popular politicians, particularly on the right. But you see what happens with the Republican Party. While we're saying we are the the majority, and many of us are silent, and they've been silent for years, and I'm wondering when they're going to not be silent. If that's true, We need to actually become just the general majority and tell people we don't stand for this. Otherwise, I love this the most. The left says Republicans have 18% of the population, but 50 50 votes in, in, in the Senate or whatever, and they complain about minority representation. Let me just tell you something. Sure, but it's probably true the Republicans represent more people than you do. Because you have a stranglehold in blue areas where AOC will, will, what did Nancy Pelosi say? You put a glass of water with a D on it and it'll win the election. That's exactly what they believe in because it's true. So when the Republicans come out and they say something like, we want to help the working class, that's probably speaking to more Americans than anyone else. When the woke leftists come out and say, vote for us or we'll smash out your teeth. We'll shatter your windows. Yeah, people will do it, but they probably secretly hate it. So here's what I see from all this. It makes me angry. It makes me worried. But in the end, I'm a bit optimistic. How can you have a story where a black trans woman was threatened with violence and held hostage and, and the left would defend that? There you go, my friends. You can share that one. You want to complain about Black Lives Matter? Ask why they're harassing black trans women. Because they are. Now, of course, the cult will defend the cult. But it's time we just stood up and said, No more. Now, think about this. The administrators at Evergreen, they were like, "Okay, we're going to give them what they want. Do you think behind the scenes now they will use their efforts to protect Black Lives Matter? I doubt it. Many of these people who are suppressed, oppressed, physically attacked, they may publicly say, I'm so sorry. Oh, we're, we're so sorry. And then they take and then two seconds later, they're running full speed to the police saying, we will donate to you. We will support you. Please help us. If I speak out, they'll attack me. I'll give you whatever you want. That's where we may be going. It could be good news, but the violence is escalating, and the night is always darkest before the dawn, and we don't know when it will be the darkest. I fear that not enough people will stand up in time, and that's just the way it is. But ultimately, I'll put it this way. Hearing from Michael Malice, hearing from Steve Bannon, I'm very optimistic. I think we're going to win this one. I think we're, we're going through a period of turmoil. We're going to go through a period of crisis, and we'll be, we'll, we will be better off for it. In fact, the crisis may harden us and make us stronger. And then I think about TimCast.com. I am 100% confident in the success of this website. I've gone through the, the new alpha version of the site. Everyone's super excited. It looks amazing. We're adding new shows, and it's going to be incredible. Your membership at that website, it's going to get you more than just content from me. I'm literally using that money to hire more people, to make more content, to build more culture. We're going to keep going. We're not going to stop. We're going to have dozens of shows. It's going to rival the likes of Netflix with its own news division, news documentary, talk shows, politics, culture, comedies, etc. We're, g- we're going to build everything that we can. We're going to invest every, every uh, penny that we can to building up something amazing. Someone asked me, Tim, how do you prevent that site from becoming like CNN? And honestly, I don't have a good answer. I'm sure, you know, people start these companies with the best of intentions, and then you get corrupted or, or you get threatened. I'll tell you this, so long as I'm alive... I'm in charge and we're running this show and we're going to do our best to make it work. I'm very inspired by Andrew Breitbart with what he did with Breitbart. He had tech, he had news, he had, you know, politics, all that stuff. And he did die young, but he created something that's lasted well beyond him. And it's continued to do in many respects, good work. I say in many respects, because look, we're all guilty of clickbait and some of these problems. I am, of course, Breitbart is the New York Times is worse I, I'm just trying to say that none of us are perfect, but hopefully we can build something that's a net positive for everybody. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The dysfunction of New York City and state knows no limits. Yesterday, everyone got an alert to their cell phone telling them to turn off their unnecessary use of air conditioning, the heat wave was so intense, everybody was pumping out air conditioning, and the grid was on the verge of collapse. Now, this is glorious mismanagement. Because while that's happening, Times Square be lit up bright as day. A lot of people are complaining, saying, why are we being told to shut off our power when Times Square is perfectly normal? Maybe you should conserve power in other areas, before telling people they can't have no AC. But this is it. I mean, this is the dysfunction of New York City, where crime is skyrocketing. Ocasio-Cortez comes out claiming crime isn't skyrocketing. It's hysteria. And people keep voting for this. And you know what? This tweet right here that I've highlighted is the perfect example of what's wrong with our um, political climate, The Sunrise Movement responded to the emergency alert, saying residents of NYC got this emergency alert in the past hour. What is, quote, unnecessary use of air conditioning if people need it to survive global a global heat wave? Uh, My brain, it's about to burst from my skull and escape and flee this world because it can no longer contain the absurdity that it is trying to ingest and understand. My friends, the Sunrise Movement is an anti-climate change activist group advocating for more use of personal air conditioning. Y'all, you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. If you want people to cut down on energy consumption because you're concerned about climate change, that means air conditioning. Yes, it also means people die. This is what I can't stand about the climate change people. Bro, we are facing very serious Ethical and moral problems in this world. We talked about it in great detail yesterday over at Timcast.com. Check it out. It's the uh, members-only podcast with Ben Stewart. I was talking to Alex Jones on the on the show. You you may have seen the episode we did. We did two episodes. One got banned. And I said, Alex, what if what if the elites are right? And that if we don't stop the 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 Massive population growth and expansion and consumption of energy that we will be effectively like yeast, farting ourselves to death. And he said, I, I asked myself that question, right? So let's think about this. These climate change people come out and they say, we want to shut down the use of fossil fuels now, like Greta Thunberg. Yeah, that would result in probably tens of millions dying overnight. Energy, uh, uh, energy production would collapse People, I mean, I think one of the first groups of people to, to die, if they actually impl- implemented this, would be diabetics. Because they need refrigerators for their insulin. It's a very serious problem. You also do have to consider air conditioning keeps people alive. It's a fact. In this heat wave, it is true. Older people will die. People will get heat stroke. People will get dehydrated. They will die. The same is true in the winter, when it gets really cold. Extreme temperatures result in death. So what have we done? Well, we as human beings use fossil fuels to generate electricity. And there are other means of generating electricity. Don't get me wrong, but they're not nearly as effective. So when we need to accommodate tens of millions of people in a heatwave in one city, yeah, it's going to strain our electrical grid. And that's a reality. All of these leftist socialists who keep saying things like scarcity doesn't exist. We can just give everyone free health care. I'm like, bro, there's like, you need medicines, you need machines, you need raw materials. People have to do the work to get those things. You can't just snap your fingers and cure all diseases. It's not like Elysium where they have these big, these big, uh, like, bathtub machine things you lay in and it cures you of all ailments. That's That's genuinely what they believe. When you have a crisis like this in New York City and the climate change, people are like, people should be using more air conditioning. It's like... Well, you're not reversing climate change, advocating for more consumption. Maybe you need to realize people will not survive a normal heat wave, let alone your climate change heat wave, if you take away their air conditioning. However, your goals require you take away their air conditioning. So answer me that question. What do you want? A culling? Yeah, that's the serious conundrum. To those who believe that the planet is aflame, this is what they propose? A paradox? There's literally nothing you can do to be right with these people. The city said, let, let me read you the emergency alert that went out to New York. Conserve energy. NYC is urging all households and businesses to immediately limit energy usage to prevent power outages as the intense heat continues. Please avoid the use of energy intensive applications, appliances, such as washers, dryers, and microwaves. Limiting, uh, limit unnecessary use of air conditioning. Unnecessary use of air conditioning, sunrise movement, would be like people air conditioning their bathrooms when they're not using them or air conditioning parts of their house they're not going to be in. If you live in a moderately sized home, you could be like, hey, shut off the AC in those other rooms and we'll just hang out in the living room. You can conserve. It's possible. In fact, there's a chart that shows after the city put out this alert, use energy usage usage did go down, preventing a collapse of the grid. Why are they mad? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you why. Because these leftists, these activist groups don't offer up any solutions. What they do is they come out and they say, you are wrong, period. We don't care. So when you're like, "Okay, we've got a mass energy consumption problem. Let's ask people to stop using their AC when they don't need to. How dare you tell people not to use their AC? Don't you know global warming is going to kill people? Really? Yeah. You take a look at what goes, what, what goes on with, with, with these people, with what this, how the city is managed. Look at this. Ali Bowman tweeted, thousands of New Yorkers are without power Wednesday night. So the grid actually started going down. NY, NYC mayor and Con Edison are pleading with residents to conserve energy to avoid even bigger outages. Stephen L. Miller says, meanwhile, look at all the lights behind her in Times Square. These cities are run by corrupt morons we gotta conserve power the grid will fail quick everyone else turn things off but Times Square is gonna advertise to the world somebody tweeted something like they want you to shut off your air conditioning meanwhile they're hoping the International Space Station can still still see Times Square how about you turn off Times Square that'll save some power they never think that way and this right here is what you gotta understand about all of these activists why should I have to turn off my air conditioning because you want to conserve energy. And we, we and most of the consumption comes from the individual. Here's the name of the game. Powerful and wealthy elites, corrupt politicians, many progressives will tell you, you can't have air conditioning, but we're going to have our bright lights in the big city. They're going to tell you, you can't fly on planes because that's producing too many emissions. But I've got three private jets. You need to reduce the size of your carbon footprint and downsize your home and be a minimalist, but I've got a 50-bedroom mansion with hundreds of windows and a golf course. I went down to, I was in California. Oh, California, we love you. There was a drought happening several years ago, and I went to a town called East Porterville where they had run out of water. Poor people, many migrants, had their wells run dry because the farmers didn't have access to surface water because the cities voted that away. So the farmers began drilling thousands of feet into the earth to find groundwater so they could continue to water their crops to feed people, (laughs) mainly in the cities. Well, that resulted in the smaller, more shallow wells where people lived going dry. Many of these wells were only drilled down to like 30 feet or so to find groundwater. And that's where most people got their water for their homes. Across the street from East Porterville was a golf course. And the grass was fairly green and they said but well, we gotta have our golf course and we asked couldn't you run water to these homes or divert the water from your golf course to the people and they were like well to be to be fair and, and honestly the sist- there it, it was a separate city it was Porterville and East Porterville the different cities so the water mains don't just connect so they couldn't just flick a switch and then have the water go to those towns they were on wells but they could have created a system where instead of spraying sprinklers on their lawns, they could have created uh, potable water relief systems for people to go up and actually get access to this water to fill barrels and use for their homes. Instead, they brought in trucks of non-potable water where the people could like wash. They 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 could take brief showers but couldn't drink it. And they had to go to churches to get access to clean drinking water. That was amazing. The churches were bringing in bottled water to save the people. While the cities were watering their golf courses. That's what you can expect from these elites when they talk about a sustainable future and the Great Reset and you will own nothing and you will be happy. Yeah, they're telling you you'll be a serf. They're telling you that they'll tell you to shut your power down and their glorious capital city will operate as normal. Yes, the planet may be a flame, they say. But in order for us to preserve our way of life, you must sacrifice. Now, is that any way to live? Maybe, honestly, maybe, maybe we should all sacrifice and then just recognize that some people will have more luxury than others. Is it, does it make sense to take away the air conditioning from everyone just because we want to be fair? No, that does sound kind of communistic. But then you have the alternative of in communist countries, the party members eat like kings, they're overweight, they get all the fancy amenities and the people suffer. It's it's hard to find a balance and know exactly how to run these things. But I just I just love how they're warning everybody. And the Sunrise Movement says we are building a movement of young people to stop climate change. But y'all get to keep your air conditioning. Pick one, dude. Pick one. I'm sick and tired of this narrative where people say, you know, the, the biggest contributor to climate change is the corporations. They think that all the pollution is the fault of the corporation. Technically, that's the truth. But y'all keep buying 50 kinds of peanut butter. Y'all keep buying air conditioners. Individuals buying up plastics, running their lights all day and their air conditioning all day. Those are the people that are contributing to climate change. And you know what? Yes. If you look at one megacorp and say, here's how much carbon they produced and one person, the one person clearly produces less. Unfortunately, there's one megacorp and there's 8 billion people. It's decentralization. So yes, the solution may be that if you don't want climate change and you're scared about the consumption of energy, you turn off your air conditioning and don't say, but we need it to survive the heat wave. Well, we know that. I know people need fossil fuels to, to, to heat and cool their homes, but like Greta Thunberg said, shut her down, right? Shut her down. Not today. Uh, I'm sorry, not in 2030, not in 2028, not in 2022 now. Do it. See what happens. You will have an army of mom and pops running around with Molotov cocktails. You will radicalize normal people against the establishment, against the left in two seconds. And it's not because these people want to sit in comfort. It's because some people's grandmothers may die. It's because some people's diabetic children may die. It's because people need access to energy to be able to get food, and then the food will start to run dry. These people are insane. I mean, just, just take a look at this story out of New York. AOC dismissal of rising crime rates comes despite massive spikes in own city. That's right. And people keep voting for this. They voted her back in. Incredible. And I ain't giving no free passes, no Republicans. People keep voting for Mitch McConnell. Progressive firebrand rep AOC tried to tamp down talk of a recent crime surge in the United States despite a double digit spike in the number of shooting deaths in her home city. Quote. We are seeing these headlines about percentage increases, the New York Democrats said during a virtual town hall meeting. Now, I want to say that any amount of harm is unacceptable and too much. But I also want to make sure that this hysteria, you know, that this doesn't drive a hysteria and that we look at these numbers in context so that we can all make responsible decisions about what to allocate in that context. Yeah, it's called cops. It's called stop defunding the police. It's called manage your city properly. No, but you get people like AOC are like, hysteria. Sorry, that lady who got stabbed was complaining about it. Maybe she should just shut her mouth and not spread hysteria. AOC, who was discussing the situation with Jamal Bowman, once again defended the idea of defunding the police. Isn't this amazing? Do you see the paradox? Please wake up. You have the Sunrise Movement being like, we must fight climate change, but we're not going to turn off our air conditioning. And you get AOC saying, ignore the increase in crime. It's hysteria and defund the police. Yo, the people in, in, in New York who are suffering the crime are asking for more police. Man, you, 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 you get what you ask for with these people. Her comments follow a spate of alarming statistics about an increase in violent crime across the country. During the first five months of 2021, gunfire killed more than 8,100 people in the country, which is about 54 deaths per day. The average of the same period of time during the past six years was 14 deaths per day. Yowza! That is brutal, man. The newspaper and the nonprofit research organization found that the number of casualties and the number of shootings that have killed or injured at least one person are on pace to beat 2020 numbers, which finishes the deadliest year in terms of gun violence in 20 years. Now, I'm a gun fan people have a right to keep and bear arms. And I think in these big cities, you start to get into very serious moral and ethical conundrums. Proximity suppresses rights. It's that simple. I mean, people suppress rights. But when you have two people and they live next to each other with paper thin walls, you can't be noisy. The other person's going to complain. And it's really interesting what the laws are. I guess you're allowed to be noisy. You are until between like the hours of like 9 a.m. and like 10 p.m. But could you imagine living in a little cubicle in a city that smells like sour milk? And then all of a sudden, you hear someone blasting like uh, "Barbie Girl" over and over again, or I don't know, whatever. What do people listen to? Post Malone. And I guess maybe if you like the music, you're you're cool with it. But maybe you got to work on a project. Maybe you're trying to write up a paper. Maybe you just got home for work and you work the graveyard shift, and you're and you're like, dude, oh, this is miserable. So what happens in places like New York? People have guns. They try to arrest those people with guns. People with guns go and shoot other people. People lose their lives. It's, it's, it's a tough problem to solve. I'll tell you, what, 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 you don't, what you don't do. You don't defund the police when you're trying to solve serious problems. In what reality does taking away police result in crime stopping? So like these people that are going around and shooting, people are like, oh man, there's less cops. I better stop. That makes no sense. Now, there is a potential for de-escalation. Like people might say, I'm not worried about carrying certain weapons because the cops won't be coming. But they're worried about each other, not the police. When the cops come, maybe someone, you know, like in L.A. all those years ago, like 92 or whatever, we saw the guys with the armor piercing rounds or they like steel core or something. I don't know. And so they, they, they launch the SWAT teams and things like that. In places like New York, people are fighting each other. So when you know what you need, you need well-funded police. You need police who have good training. You have different, uh, different divisions of the police department. There's community response. They're like, we need social workers. Well, we have the community policing division. So, how about we send out those guys? They're less equipped, still equipped. Maybe we research the problems. Maybe we try to think about the problem and then actually solve it. Unfortunately, with people like AOC, they choose empty platitudes. Defund the police. What does that mean? What, what, what are you doing? Crime is, is, is skyrocketing. Shootings are on the rise. Petty theft on the rise. People are screaming and begging for help. And you're like, you're just hysterical. I love it. And I wonder how many of these victims are actually women. Because you think about uh, stealing from someone. Guy might have a wallet. Guy could also fight you. Woman has a purse. Snatch the purse. Now, victims of violent crime tend to be men, but that's probably for different reasons. They mention in New York City, shooting incidents in May jumped 73% compared to the same period last year. The overall hate crimes have increased by 98% this year. This is this is crazy. Crimes against the LGBTQ community jumped 188% this year. And they keep, all of these people keep voting for the likes of AOC who tell them to shut their mouths. You do not get police. And these people genuinely believe this stuff. They're like, they genuinely believe that the cops are evil, snarling monsters like, "Ah, we're going to go oppress the marginalized. (laughs) No, if you're walking down the street, and someone just screaming at you, the cops are probably going to stop them. Now, I'll tell you this, man. You got to be careful about New York because corruption exists. I was once, uh, I was at a bar. So I, I lived just on the other side of the Manhattan Bridge in New York. I was at a bar with some friends and I was super tired. I don't drink. And so I called a cab and I said, here's my address. You just drive straight across the bridge and then that takes you to Broadway and then you drive down Broadway for about a mile and then boom, there's my apartment. So I get in this cab, yellow cab, we drive across the bridge and I zonk out. I wake up literally like within a minute or two on the other side of the bridge and the dude is zigzagging between blocks. You know why? He's driving up the meter. He thought, he thought I was passed out. And so I asked him, well, where are you going? Where are you? He's like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're not going to my house. I, it's, it's just right on Broadway. He was zigzagging. And the bill was like 15 bucks. So I was like, stop the car, let me out. Where are you taking me? And he said, no, we get to a light And then right as like where he's slowing down for a light, I say, stop the car now. He refuses. I pop the door and jump out as he hits the accelerator. And then I immediately, the guy gets out of his car and starts coming up to me, screaming at me. So I call 911. I'm like, this guy was driving in circles and was trying to keep me in his car. The cops came up to me, threatened me with arrest, took my wallet from me, took my cash from my wallet, told me to shut up. And I was like, this cab driver was trying to rip me off was keeping me trapped in his car. I had to jump out while it was moving. I called you for help, and they told me to shove it. And they said, give us your wallet or we're arresting you. No joke. They took the cash. I had like 15 bucks. They were, they were trying to claim I owed the cab driver now 50 because he was waiting. And I was like, dude, the bill was 15 bucks. I came from across the bridge. See, the issue is sometimes they have to work with these cabs. The city, the city has to deal with the lobbyists from these cabs. You can't, you can't trust all these cops all, these, all the time. Sometimes you get bad cops. That's true. But I'll tell you this, I can tell you every story in the book that I've encountered with with good cops and bad cops, and the reality is we just need better training for cops. We need better systems. We need better oversight. We need better reform. AMC doesn't care about that. These, These climate change people don't care about that. What do they care about? They care about claiming that they're right no matter what. They care about claiming you're wrong no matter what. It's not hard for me to be like, yo, I had a bad experience with cops, but I'm not stupid. I understand that those problems come along with it. And we need to find a way to improve policing, and that probably means more funding. I can tell you all the nasty stories I've seen with cops abusing people, arresting people during protests, Tony Bologna pepper spraying those girls during Occupy Wall Street, and I still have to come to the logical conclusion: we got bad cops, we deal with it. You got bad people, you deal with it. If a human being commits a crime, what do we do? We we charge them and convict them, and they pay a penalty of some sort. I mean, like you know, they go to jail or they pay a fine. And the same thing with police: they act a fool. We need oversight. We don't abolish the police. Imagine if they were like, crime is a problem, so we're just going to execute every criminal to get rid of them. We're going to abolish criminals. It's like, Eww. I know they're not saying execute cops. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of them are saying that. Did you get my point? I, I, I'm glad I don't live in this place anymore. And this is one of the reasons why I left. Mismanagement is an understatement. It is decrepit. It is awful. And I remember this video. During the lockdown, this guy's walking through the Upper West Side going, Fox News says New York. He's holding his phone. Fox News says that New York is collapsing. Oh, no, look, there's, there's ice cream and hot dogs. And he starts laughing. He's like, stop watching Fox News. The funniest thing about it is, bro, on the Upper West Side where all the rich people live, we get that you had power and you had ice cream and you had hot dogs. And I tried to go to Central Brooklyn. I thought so. Yeah, the rich people Telling you, the poor people, to shove it while they extract and watch your communities burn. People like AOC. I know crime is up. You're hysterical. Defund the police. We need to end climate change. We need to shut down the fossil fuel industry. But I'll be damned if I'm giving up my air conditioning. Is that, what, is that your message? Tighten your belts, right? I'll let you guys know something, though. We have geothermal air conditioning out here. And I don't know much about it. It was here when we moved in. The way it works is, you know how air conditioning works? You got this big thing, and it compresses and decompresses, I think, Freon. And the, the, the compression releases heat, and the decompression absorbs heat, which makes the air more cool. And then it blows the colder air inside and blows the hotter air outside. It's brilliant technology. However, if it's really, really hot outside, it's very difficult to move heat because you're trying to move heat into a space where it's already hot. The energy can't transfer What ends up happening is people consume way more energy, desperate to keep their temperatures low. Some of these people in New York were saying that even with their AC on full blast, they were only able to keep their homes to like the high 80s. And in uh, Seattle, where it was like 112 or whatever, people were like, my apartment's 90 degrees with AC on full blast because you can only move so much heat. That brings me to geothermal. Geothermal AC works by having copper coils run underground where the temperature is always around 55 degrees. That means even when it's 100 degrees outside, they can take heat from in your home and push it underground where it easily dissipates. And then the 55 degree, you know, uh, copper coils that come back in, they blow the air to blow the cold into the house. It's, it's really brilliant stuff. I guess a lot of people are saying it's expensive. They can't afford it. I'm not entirely sure. And you, and you can't do this in New York because you need a, you need like certain amount of uh, space underground. The reason I'm bringing this up is very, very, it's very simple. When it comes to climate change, living out in the middle of nowhere is the smart thing to do. But these people desperately want to live in their big cities where they take big dumps and dump all that trash into the ocean. When you live in the middle of nowhere, you're on well water, replenishes with rain for the most part. You're on a septic system, self-regulates for the most part. And you still got to get pumped periodically, but A lot better than big cities that just have these giant water reclamation plants, and they're just pumping sewage into the ocean. You're more likely to find that people have solar panels. You're more likely to find that people have their own sources of energy. But the people who want to live close together, moving the human waste out of a city and moving food in consumes massive amounts of energy. All of these people who claim to be fighting for climate change or whatever, but then demand they be allowed to use their AC is hilarious. You are an exponential drain on our resources in those cities, and then you have the nerve to say we deserve more AC, out in the middle of nowhere, we have big open fields. Not everybody, but you can run geothermal relatively easily. I guess people say it's more expensive, but the truth is it's less expensive in the long run. It's one of those things like solar. You know, you install solar, it's expensive to do at first, but over time, you end up saving money on electricity. It's not perfect. Far from perfect. I'm not going to pretend i have all the answers. And it's just that. These people claim to. In reality, what they want, they want power. They want to tell you to sacrifice so they live in luxury. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Photos have emerged from Hunter Biden's laptop showing his father, President Joe Biden, meeting with his business associates from Mexico. That is to say, Hunter Biden's business associates met together with him and the president. Now, Joe Biden said he had no knowledge of his son's business dealings. This is why the story is big, and it should be on the front page of every newspaper, and it won't be. It shows that Joe Biden lied when he claimed he had no idea what was going on. Of course, he was lying. You know, when I set up these, this podcast and these segments, I try to figure out what is the most pressing and most important news. And there, there are other stories that I think are more relevant to today. And I also think that, for the most part, we know Joe Biden is lying. We know he's corrupt. And so that kind of—I I end up doing a segment for, for 1 p.m., I, Talking about this story, because I don't think it's the biggest story we have today. What I mean by this is, it's a, it's a tough conundrum. The mainstream media won't talk about it. They won't cover it. And those who watch this show, you know, people like us, we know it already. So I'm thinking, am I really informing anybody when I say, oh, hey, guys, more evidence has emerged that Joe Biden was lying about everything? We know. We know. We know the media won't cover it. So at the very least, here's a video you can share with people and show them the photograph. What, what is the excuse here? That, that, it, that it's all a conspiracy? That someone's secretly photoshopping images? When you go to when you go to the Wikipedia page for Biden Ukraine conspiracy theory, they mention the laptop and the hard drive. They say a New York Post article published in October 2020 with with the involvement of Trump's personal attorney Giuliani and former strategist Bannon brought renewed attention to the allegations during the presidential election campaign. Its veracity was strongly questioned and rejected by most mainstream media outlets, analysts and intelligence officials. And the story was suppressed by Twitter and it was shut down by Facebook and these scumbags the scumbag from Facebook is like, we've, we've reviewed the story and we're scared that it's disinformation, so we're suppressing it. No joke, no lie. They straight up said they were going to do this. Journalism is dead. Oh, there's a twitching corpse that every so often pops out with something like this. And we can see behind the curtain. But you take a look at what happened the other day in New York City. Eric Adams, he's a former cop. He's pro cop. Oh, the left don't like that. Regular people seem to actually like the police, and it seems like he's going to win. He noticed something after the election results came in. There seemed to have been 100,000 around 100,000 more votes than there were on the election night. And so he simply said, something seems to not make sense with this. And the liberals and leftist elitists immediately came out and said, oh, what a Trumpian thing to do. He's going to lose and he knows it because ranked choice voting is eating away at his lead. And now he's going to act like, oh, there's a discrepancy. And then the uh, New York Board of Elections came out and said, we accidentally included 135,000 ballots. And uh, yeah, what if Eric Adams didn't notice this? And what if something like that's happened before and someone didn't notice and we have no idea? There, is no, there, there, there are no journalistic enterprises in this country anymore. There's, there's maybe some. Hey, guess what? We intend to change that. Timcast.com. We've hired another writer. We're going to be hiring more. we got an editor coming in. we got some production people coming in. We just did a soft signing for a new documentary on technology and other stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just take this. Now, now, my respect to the New York Post for actually continuing the reporting on this. We have a big tech apparatus that is suppressing this information. They restrict me from being able to communicate on these platforms. So what, you know what I did? I made my own. Yeah, they say, go make your own YouTube. Okay, we made TimCast.com. And we're going to keep pushing. But here's what, here's what you do with this, with this video. You can share this article, share this photo. With people who tell you Joe Biden had nothing to do with it, and Wikipedia says it's one big conspiracy theory. Okay, let me be fair. Mexican business partners are not Ukrainian business partners, but Joe Biden has zero credibility when he's like, "Come on, man! I never talked to Hunter Biden about uh, about any of this stuff. I don't know what he's doing." Liar. Of course, he's a liar. Though, come on, it's a politician. You find me a politician who doesn't lie and I will find you a unicorn. The New York Post reports at some point in the Biden uh, at some point, the Biden White House will have to confront evidence of the president's involvement in his son Hunter Hunter's shady overseas business dealings. Joe Biden insists he never knew a thing about Hunter's lucrative deals in countries where he wielded influence as vice president. But evidence abounds on Hunter's abandoned laptop of Joe's involvement. For instance, Joe invited Hunter's foreign associates to breakfast meetings at his vice presidential residence and to his office in the White House. The laptop shows he took his son on Air Force Two to countries where Hunter was doing, Hunter was doing deals. And on at least one occasion included one of Hunter's business partners on the trip. Among more than 100 events scheduled in Hunter's Diary, at the VP's residence, the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C., there are meetings which appear to overlap with Hunter's business interests, quote, breakfast with dad, NAV OBS. In one such meeting recorded for 830 a.m. on November 19th, 2015, five photographs, dates stamped on that day and taken at 10.03 a.m. and 10.04 a.m. appear on the laptop showing showing Joe posing with four of Hunter's business associates, including Mexican billionaires Carlos Slim and Miguel Aleman Velasco. Velasco. One photo also features Velasco's son, Miguel Aleman Magnani, the founder of budget airline Interjet, at whose Acapulco mansion Hunter and wife Kathleen had stayed in that, that March. Jeff Cooper, a longtime Biden family benefactor, who ran one of the largest asbestos litigation firms in the country, Illinois-based Simmons Cooper, also appears along with Hunter. Matt Taibbi, talk about great work, great journalist. When the mainstream media came out and said all the Hunter Biden news was fake and Twitter and everybody was suppressing it, they said there's no conspiracy. Biden's Hunter Biden's role at Burisma in Ukraine was completely normal. Matt Taibbi said there's at least a dozen open investigations by the prosecutor. We have Joe Biden on video saying if I if you don't fire the prosecutor, you don't get the money quid pro quo. And now Joe Biden sitting in the White House, a scumbag protected by the media who suppressed news so that the American people didn't know what to do, who to vote for, what was going on. Not to a certain degree. I do hold the American people responsible. That's right. Personal responsibility plays a role. Now, I'm a bit salty about it because I think Joe Biden's miserable. Gas prices hit a seven-year high. Biden's shutting down oil pipelines while waiving sanctions on Russia for Nord Stream 2 to create more pipelines. He has destroyed U.S. energy independence. He is pumping out money, printing like crazy, borrowing like crazy. Trump ain't perfect. But this is the game. This is the shadow campaign. Remember the Time Magazine article? We can see all the news in the world. I can talk about as much as I can. YouTube seems to be fine with these, I suppose. We know they play dirty games. It's politics. But they suppressed the news so that we couldn't know about it. And now it is six or so months, six and a, six and a, six and a half, maybe months in. And we see this. It's remarkable to me. If we had this laptop, what, back almost a year ago, then how come these photos didn't come out more, like sooner? I suppose because regular, you know, uh, the journalists we know and we're supposed to know and trust weren't doing the legwork. And it was just the New York Post and a few other right wing outlets that were actually looking through this. Probably a lot to go through. They say the photos were taken in the living room of the VP's residence, which was painted at the time in a daffodil yellow chosen by Jill Biden and featured distinctive paintings by Vermont artist Wolf Kahn on loan from Addison Ripley Fine Art in Georgetown, which are visible on the wall behind the men. Two floral chairs and a pink stone silk rug and photos match the decor of the living room at the time. In the background of one photo, a piano and family photographs can be seen in front of a baby window. Slim was in town that day, as Politico noted the next day, spotted Carlos Slim in the lobby yesterday morning of the Georgetown Four Seasons. Cooper and Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico and elsewhere in Latin America. A 2013 email from Cooper demonstrates their high expectations of the association with the Alaman dynasty. Miguel wants us to go to Mexico City. He wrote to Hunter on February 26. This is setting up to be flippin' gigantic brother. How did they get these deals? How does a crackhead, yes, a crackhead like Hunter Biden, get a deal like this? Could it be that he promises they can meet the vice president and get favorable terms and negotiations? Could it be that he's placed on the board of Burisma because of his access to his father who came in and said, shut down the in- fire, the prosecutors effectively shutting down the prosecution? I'm sorry, the investigation and, and the open cases into uh, Barisma. It feels like we're beating a dead horse. And you know, I was staring at this story, put it, I started recording a little bit later than I normally do, because it's the, one of the most pessimistic things, but I'll, but I'll tell you this: I am optimistic. I am absolutely optimistic, because the more I see things like this going on, the more we are learning that their dirty games are breaking apart. Here is the fo- here's another photograph. Vice President Biden meets with Mexican billionaires Carlos Slim and Miguel, Alaman Valesco. They go on to say at the time, President Enrique Peña Nieto. Was reforming Mexico's energy market to allow private capital investment in state owned oil and gas monopoly, Petróleos Mexicanos, Pemex. Cooper's association with the Bidens began in 2005 when he started filing multi million dollar lawsuits in Delaware in association with Joe's late son, Bo Biden's firm, Bifurado. Uh, Bifurado, Gentilotti, and Biden. He would make a lot of money from, that, from the $30 billion asbestos compensation business, helped by Joe. As leader of the powerful Judiciary Committee blocking asbestos litigation reform, when a bill reached the Senate floor, as Paul Sperry from Real Clear Investigations has reported. When Joe became vice president, Cooper put Hunter on the board of his venture capital firm, Eudora Global, and gave him shares in the business, which netted Hunter around $80,000 a year. Documents on the laptop show, in 2015, Hunter also received a one-time payment of $300,000 from Eudora. Simmons Cooper also put up $1 million in investment capital for Hunter and his uncle Jim Biden's abortive attempt to run a hedge fund in 2009. When the venture ended, the Bidens returned the money. Politico has something, uh, an article called Biden Inc. And they mentioned that, uh, coincidentally, Joe Biden's brother Jim got amazing contracts in Iraq as soon as his brother took charge of what was happening in Iraq. Is that a coincidence? I'm sorry, you, 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 you... You'd have to be willfully daft. And a lot of people are. They go on to say. Cooper joined the VP's entourage on Air Force two to Mexico in twenty sixteen when he and Hunter were trying to negotiate an ill-fated petroleum deal with Alaman Magnani. At six PM on february twenty fourth, twenty sixteen, about an hour after Wheels up from Joint Base Andrews on the five hour flight to Mexico City, Hunter wrote a plaintive email to Alaman Magnani using Air Force Two's secure high speed satellite communications channel. He blind copied Cooper. Quote, we are arriving late night on Air Force Two to Mexico City. I'm attending meeting with President Pina Nieto and dad would love to see you, but you never respond. I'm really upset by it. I want you at the plane when the VP lands with your mom and dad and you completely ignore me. Joe Biden went beyond lying. On more than one occasion now, we know that he was flying his son on government property for these deals. Quote, I've looked at what your family has done and want to follow in that tradition. We have been talking about business deals for seven years, and I really appreciate you letting me stay at your resort villa. But I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the vice president's house and the inauguration. And then you go completely silent. Look at this in your face. You make me feel like I've done something to offend you, Hunter Biden. Uh, Hunter Biden had been useful to Aleman Magnani, apart from the three tickets to the Obama Biden inauguration ball in 2013 and meeting with his dad. Crucially, for a Mexican airline owner wanting to spread his wings, Hunter also set up two meetings for Aleman Magnani with Secretary of Transportation Anthony Fox on March 17th, 2014 and January 23rd, 2015, and a separate meeting with the administrator of the FAA emails on a laptop show. When Cooper asked if he would go to the first Fox meeting, Hunter replied, no, but I am calling Secretary Fox to let him know we are buddies. Before the second meeting, Hunter emailed Fox's director of scheduling in advance, Laura De Castro. Miguel Alaman, Interjet chairman, is a close family friend, but I have no business with the company. Barisma, the corrupt Ukraine, Ukrainian energy company that was paying Hunter 83,333 to send its support, that's per month, also got involved in his Mexican ventures in a 2014 email. Cooper wrote to Hunter, I met with Miguel Alaman magnani last night. He has set up meetings with Secretary of Energy and the CEO of Pemex for January 12th. Is there any chance that anyone from Burisma could attend? Hunter later asked Alaman magnani to intervene with the Mexican government to smooth out a visa problem for Burisma owner Nikolai Zlachevsky. Alaman magnani does not appear to have assisted. Now we see the Burisma connection. It's all a conspiracy theory. The New York Post can report it. And Wikipedia just says, well, well, you know, everybody else says it's not true. This is crime. I mean, this is this is like crime family stuff. As a result, Zlochevsky could not fly to Mexico to finalize a deal Cooper had brokered with Pemex, thus jeopardizing one of Hunter's most profitable side hustles. Going to have to do some serious backpedaling with barisma, Hunter emailed Cooper on February 16th, 2015. Most likely jeopardizes my board position. I am shocked Miguel didn't come through at crunch time, replied Cooper. They clearly value the relationship with your family, and they know they could sustain serious damage here by making enemies with you. Maybe a call from you or your dad to his dad. Maybe that shakes things loose. What do you think? It is there. So what do we do when you've got someone as crooked and corrupt as Biden who is sitting as president? I don't know. Personally, I don't know. Will the Democrats move for impeachment? Of course, they won't. Republicans move for impeachment? Absolutely not. Now, I mentioned the Democrats because you'd think the Democrats, with all their virtue signaling, would come out and oppose things like this. No, they lie and say it doesn't exist. And the Republicans are spineless. They won't actually do anything. They will actually just attack their own. Right now, a bunch of Democrats are demanding McCarthy go after Marjorie Taylor Greene. And you know what? I would not be surprised if they do it because they've done it before. They say no reply can be found on the laptop, but Hunter knows that his arrival with his dad on Air Force Two the following year will demonstrate his clout to prospective Mexican business partners. Nothing shakes things loose abroad quite so profitably as jetting in on the White House bird. They say Miranda Devine's book, Laptop from Hell, Hunter Biden, Big Tech and the Dirty Secrets of the President Tried to Hide, is out in September. I find it absolutely incredible that we have hard evidence, photographs, and the New York Post is fearless willing to publish it tell people what's going on but take a look at ground.news's bias tracker this story which came out last night around 8:37 p.m. has only been covered by right-wing outlets the sun what is this uh, west i believe it's western journal let's pull it full coverage actually and therein lies the big problem We've got the Western Journal, World News Daily, the U.S. Sun, and the New York Post originally appearing in the, in the New York Post. It seems that the left will never talk about this. And so this is what you need to do. Perhaps my video is too emotive. Naturally, I'm frustrated and angered by all of this. I'll tell you, my, um, my through line with everything is usually just complaints about the media. Joe Biden would not get away with any of this, th- any of this stuff. Were it not for a lying media apparatus willing to suppress information, obfuscate, manipulate, falsely frame? Ground News says laptop shows Joe Biden attended meetings between Hunter and his Mexican business partners. And they have this photo. You can see Hunter Biden. At some point in his presidency, Commander-in-Chief Joe Biden has to acknowledge how much he's propelled Hunter's many many shady foreign business deals. No, Joe Biden says it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Joe Biden says he has no idea. So we sit back, we see stories like this. We know that the New York Times, the, uh, you know, um, Washington Post, they don't cover these things. They don't want to make Joe Biden look bad. Sometimes they do. You know, I'll be surprised. But then I wonder why they would do it. We had Twitter. We had Facebook. We have YouTube actively suppressing our ability to understand what's happening with these stories, making sure people don't see them. Recently, I've had people mention to me that the TimCast IRL podcast, they're subscribed, they have hit the notification bell, and they still don't get notifications. Because it's only a matter of time. You think that YouTube and Twitter and these platforms like that I'm talking about this stuff? Right now, I'll tell you this. I got massive viewership last year across all of my channels. It's an election year. This year, things are a little bit lower, not an election year. But there were things last year that YouTube actively hid, and the year before. Certain names you couldn't say during the impeachment. No joke, a name you couldn't say. The video was just deleted without without notice. Creepy. Right now, we're not in an election year, though campaigning is basically going to begin. Next year is going to be big for the midterm, so we're going to see a lot more campaigning. 2022, 2023, and 2024 are going to be Insane. A couple of years ago, we had many on the right warning about censorship, saying that if you think it's bad now, wait till you see what happens in 2020, uh, in 2020 when, you know, Donald Trump's up for re-election. They were right. I was right. Those who knew this was coming, we saw it coming. What do you think is going to happen next year? Do you think they're going to want me putting out more videos like this, showing the photos and explaining what happened and showing how the media is not covering it? Of course not. What about 2023 when Donald Trump runs again? Do you think they're going to want someone like me saying the media is lying to you? Of course not. We saw them ban Alex Jones and Milo and Paul Joseph Watson. Not from YouTube, mind you. But how long until Ben Shapiro gets nuked from Facebook? The left has been trying actively to get rid of him, Tucker Carlson. They already demonetized my channel and they were they, Facebook is refusing to allow us to monetize our, our, our new channel and our shows. They said it's not real content. We didn't make it unoriginal. We did make it. They're lying. That's the name of the game. They'll claim it's an error. They'll claim it's a mistake, and they'll keep saying it. We have to stop acting like these leftists don't know this. When the people are like, it was just an error. He got removed by, it's like, how many times? How many times? Dozens? Dozens of errors every single day. Whoopsie. Just a mistake. Right. It happens to the left sometimes. I don't know what to say to, to, to add to this story. Like, there you go. Joe Biden's a liar. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4pm over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.